This Week in Agriculture, a production of the Red River Farm Network. With a look at markets, I'm Randy Conan. Stonex Chief Commodities Economist Arlen Suderman says the wheat production number was the news headlines in this week's USDA Supply Demand Report. Well, the biggest thing that the trade is noticing is smaller wheat production than what the trade anticipated, and we've been expecting a very small crop, and it's even smaller than what we anticipated, largely due to the drought that we're seeing in the plains continuing to have its effect. And the other thing was bigger corn and soybean stocks than what the trade expected, although slightly smaller than what we anticipated. Uh, USDA did as expected and used their acreage estimates from the March 31 planting intentions report and used their yield estimates for corn and soybeans from the February outlook meetings. U.S. Commodities President Don Rose says Kansas City wheat was the winner in the report. Put in perspective, the uh, wheat stocks... For, uh, tw- for this next year are the tightest since 2007-2008, and so uh, uh, got to keep that wheat out of the feed ration, and so it's up, uh, you know, went out big, up over uh, 38 cents here um, at the end of the day. So um, it's the start of the uh, season for next year, and we'll see if we hit all these numbers. Van On and Company CEO Jim Emter says a tug of war has developed with bull news being led by the wheat. We've got the wheat market here that got positive numbers, positive stats, a 556 million bushel new crop carryout versus expectations of 602. So if you're looking for bull news, that's where you're going to find it. Uh, USDA gave us at least some hope uh, on the bull front in the yield perspective of uh, wheat. And then as you look to the spring wheat needing to get acres planted, that is no reflection in this report, but will be something to monitor as we work ahead. So that gets the wheat bulls excited over there. We've seen liquidation in Chicago. We've seen even Kansas City pull back. But now with this move, uh, again, maybe some momentum from that sector. Progressive ag marketing market analyst Brian Strumman said the cattle markets took advantage of those lower corn prices. You saw the uh, the corn start to trade lower. Uh, it certainly helped those feeder cattle, and they've had a good week this week. Uh, uh, we're sharply higher here in, into uh, going into the close, and uh, the strength in the live cattle too. They're up a buck and a half, even though we had a lower cash market this week of a couple dollars. And we've been softer here, I think, the last three or four weeks as far as the cash goes. But you know, we've got grilling demand coming into play. Uh, you look at the exports, uh, and they were so-so this week, uh, but the lower weights and tighter supplies continue to support uh, the live cattle. Martinson Ag Risk Management President Randy Martinson says the livestock market does look for better demand. You know, livestock is kind of struggling here yet as well, too. I mean, we're finally starting to see the live cattle bounce a little bit, but the lack of a cash trade is holding the, that market a little bit at bay from being able to rally. You know, feeder cattle seeing some good strength because of the weakness in the corn market, but again, you know, and also because of the better-than-expected uh, inflationary numbers. So hopefully we can kind of continue to see the cattle markets push a little bit. Once we get into the barbecue season, if those prices continue to be low in the, at the grocery store, I think pork and poultry might be the winners and beef might take a might take a back seat to those two depending on price. AgWatch Market Advisors President Dewey Strickler says the cattle market seeing a bit of a bounce here though following the recent corrective move lower. A little rebound here from a couple of weeks ago here. Uh, I had not looked for the uh, market to go up and set any new highs here on the uh, June contract uh, back here in the April high of 166.27. But uh, the pullback here so far looks to be a correction. That's a look at markets this week in agriculture.
I'm Randy Conan. Since 1967, the North Dakota Grain Growers Association has been serving North Dakota's wheat and barley producers with representation, education, and proactive advocacy. Partnering with us means you are part of ensuring North Dakota's production agriculture remains a profitable endeavor for the men and women that work to strengthen the backbone of our economy. Visit ndgga.com to join the North Dakota Grain Growers Association. You raise, we represent. Tuning in to the latest market report, monitoring an incoming storm, catching your favorite morning show. These are just a few of the reasons more than 80 million Americans depend on AM radio each month. And did you know AM radio is the backbone of the emergency alert system, keeping the public safe in dangerous times? This is Don Wick from the Red River Farm Network, urging you to text AM to 52886. Tell Congress we need AM radio in your car and truck. A look at news this week in agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Whitney Pittman. The National Pork Producers Council has expressed their disappointment in the U.S. Supreme Court's ruling that will uphold California's Proposition 12. That'll set new animal welfare standards for meat sold in the state. North Dakota Farm Bureau President Darrell Lies expressed his disappointment. Well, it's a a disappointing day coming out of the Supreme Court with their ruling that, uh, upholds uh, California's Proposition 12, which puts restrictions on the sale of pork products and and how they're raised if they're going to be sold in California. So um, we still believe it's a, an infraction of the Commerce Clause uh, of the Constitution. I think the Supreme Court got this wrong. Uh, it's disappointing that one state can dictate how uh, the rest of the nation is going to raise the food. According to USDA, the average net cash income of U.S. farm businesses is expected to decline by 18% in 2023 compared to 2022. Farm businesses across the country are forecast to see higher production expenses and lower cash receipts. Negotiators were unable to reach an agreement on the approval of new vessels for moving grain in the Black Sea region. Russian President Putin has not responded to proposals to extend the grain deal. Russia has repeatedly said it would not extend the deal beyond its current May 18th expiration date. Turkey's defense minister has said they may be close to reaching an agreement. Meanwhile, Ukraine's agriculture minister stated if the Black Sea Grain Initiative is not extended, he doesn't see any apocalyptic scenario happening, and that the country has alternative ways of transporting grain. While a stalemate continues over the debt ceiling in the U.S., Senate Agriculture Committee Chair Debbie Stabenow said the government should not allow the United States to default on its debt. Fed Reserve Chair Jerome Powell said no one should assume that the Fed can really protect the economy and financial systems and our reputation globally from the damage that a U.S. default might inflict. We shouldn't even be talking about a world in which the U.S. doesn't pay its bills. According to Minnesota Farm Bureau Federation public policy specialist Caitlin Bemis, the omnibus agriculture finance bill has good compromise. The House and Senate versions were pretty different from each other, so there was a lot of negotiation throughout the week. But I feel like both urban ag and rural ag made out pretty well with the agreements they did have. Everybody kind of had to take a beating and everybody also got a slice of the pie, so uh, I think they came out with a pretty good agreement. 
There had been an initial proposal to change the makeup of the Minnesota Board of Animal Health, expanding it from 6 to 11 members, with each congressional district represented. The final bill took the Board of Animal Health from 6 to 7 members. Three producers, three licensed veterinarians on companion animals, and then one federally recognized tribe member. The previous legislation had... The governor also appointing the executive director or or state veterinarian, which is generally appointed by the board itself. So we had concerns surrounding that. So I would say on the Board of Animal Health, we fared pretty well. The omnibus ag bill was approved by both the House and Senate and is on its way to Governor Walz's desk, where he's expected to sign it into law. Language dealing with the use of treated seed was not included in the omnibus ag bill, but is still being discussed in the environment bill. This has been a look at news this week in agriculture. I'm Whitney Pittman on the Red River Farm Network. If Mother Nature or the market happens to change your cropping plan this spring, count on West Central Ag Services to help. We have the product on hand and in position to get the job done. If it's a customized application or recommendations for weed control or fertility, we have the capacity and experienced staff you need from your farming partner. And on top of that, stay connected in the cab this spring. We have the West Central Ag Services Grower Advantage app for your convenience. West Central Ag Services, local, innovative, and customer-driven. Be listening for the Sugar Beet Report every Thursday at 12.50 on most of these Red River Farm Network stations. Each week, we'll talk with industry representatives, agronomists, and extension specialists and get the latest update on the Sugar Beet crop. The Sugar Beet Report, every Thursday at 12.50 during Agriculture Today. The Sugar Beet Report, brought to you by Sess Vanderhoff, Bayer Crop Science, H&S Manufacturing, and Amity Technology. With a look at weather, I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. SDSU Extension State Climatologist Laura Edwards says after the chance of rain passes this weekend, things should finally start to dry up. On Saturday, we will continue to see chances of rain across the region, and uh, kind of slowing down that planting progress that we've had over the last week or so across eastern Dakotas. But after that, it looks like a return towards sunnier, uh, drier conditions. And all throughout, with the exception of some time over the weekend, but starting next week and over the next couple of weeks, we see temperatures going towards near to above average for much of the region. So despite the the rain that we've seen here this week, I think things will dry out, hopefully uh, turn around so that we can get some more of those crops planted in the ground. According to the latest crop progress report, 24% of the spring wheat is seeded. That compares to 26% one year ago and the five-year average of 38%. From much of the Midwest, we saw wide open weather, very little precipitation. We saw some heat helping to warm soil temperatures, and you put it all together, and we had a really good week for corn and soybean planting. That's USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey. North Dakota farmers have 8% of the spring wheat planted, well behind the long-term average of 27%. South Dakota is faring better with 61% of the spring wheat planted. When last week started, 26% of the corn was planted. According to Rippey, nearly half of the corn is now in the ground. Minnesota is our slowest state on spring wheat planting, 7% versus the five-year average of 34%. Dramatic progress was seen in five Midwestern states. Iowa, Illinois, Minnesota, Nebraska, and South Dakota planted at least 25% of its corn in the past week. 
73% of the corn is planted in Illinois, 70% in Iowa, 35% of the soybeans are planted nationwide, up from 11% last week. North Dakota Wheat Commission Policy and Marketing Director Jim Peterson says planting has been pretty slow for spring wheat. You know, in some of the more western areas, um, as kind of a general statement, you know, I think they've been able to roll a little bit stronger than in the east, uh, especially, you know, we've still got, you know, in the immediate Red River Valley and then kind of that Jamestown area north, you know, up into the northeast, just some really saturated soils. And I think early on, a lot of those guys, producers had just said mid-May is kind of before they thought they'd get rolling. Cooler temperatures and excess moisture have been a battle. At Badger, Minnesota, Shane Eisney says they have had a good start to planting. Wheat and ryegrass seem to have wintered well. Last Friday was our first day of putting seed in the ground, and so Friday and, and most of Saturday we got the weather to hold up for us. And yeah, we ended up getting uh, a little over 500 acres of wheat in and got a lot of fertilizer spread and, and, and preparing the field. So um, yeah, once Mother Nature does does uh, shape up, I think we'll be, uh, we'll be ready to go full, full steam ahead. Innovus Agra Farm Management Coach Brett Oakey says some field edges are still wet with snow runoff. And actually, you know, we could use a, a good half or three-quarters of an inch of rain. There's still snow on the north end of the groves, and uh, there's a few piles left where we piled it, although that's generally been out in the sun. But, uh, you know, there's, there's still a little bit of that that needs to get washed away that's kind of seeping out into these fields that's preventing them from kind of catching those edges. So we could use a nice little shower here just to kind of get rid of the balance of that snow and uh, even out these fields a little bit so that we can uh, plant from, uh, you know, field edge to field edge. And that's a look at weather this week in agriculture. I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. Microessentials from the Mosaic Company delivers uniform nutrient distribution. Every single granule has those three or four nutrients in it, nitrogen, phosphorus, sulfur, in some cases zinc. When we spread that throughout the field versus a blend, there's much better distribution of those nutrients, meaning that crop's not having to search for a single granule of sulfur or a single granule of zinc. Every single granule of microessentials has the sulfur and the zinc and the phosphorus in it. Ask your local retailer about smarter crop nutrition with microessentials. World Weather Incorporated Senior Meteorologist Drew Lerner is your trusted source for agricultural weather. From the Northern Plains, we do expect some showers to develop and a couple of thunderstorms. The majority of the meaningful rain, though, is going to be in southern Canada. To South America, Buenos Aires, La Pampa, and Cordoba, but it doesn't occur until we get into next week, leaving plenty of time for changes in the forecast. Drew Lerner, only on the Red River Farm Network. We're reporting agriculture's business.